Today's episode is brought to you by the She Leads Podcast Network, the first network for women by women. Visit SheLeadsPodcast.com to learn more today. Welcome to the Creative Visionaries Podcast. My name is Tori Barker, a digital marketing specialist, business owner, mom, and you guessed it, a creative visionary. This podcast is about inspiring business owners, building connections, sharing success stories, and motivating others. Join me on this journey as we tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary. Welcome everyone to the Creative Visionaries podcast. I am very excited today to introduce our guest, Kevin Keppel. Kevin is a business coach and leadership educator with Keppel Coaching. He's a Gallup certified strengths coach and a podcast and a podcast host of the Unlock Your Freedom podcast. Kevin helps business owners and executives be more without making them feel like less. The result is leaders stepping into their genius and becoming the hero of their own lives. Kevin, welcome, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, what's up, Tori? Uh, happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, I, well, I think you did a great job telling everybody about who I be. Uh, you know, the only details I guess you missed. I live in Texas. I have a great dog named Frank and a lovely wife. So I think that's uh, about it. Awesome. And Kevin was telling us he's got some um, exciting plans coming up. He's a uh, What's the what's the um, recent event you have coming up? Uh, it's called it's a little race in San Francisco called the Escape from Alcatraz. That is super impressive. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, um, why don't you tell them what that is and what what that involves? Sure, it's a uh, triathlon. They take you out on a ferry to Alcatraz Island, and you jump off the ferry into the cold water and swim back for about a mile and a half, and then you ride through the hills for about 20 miles. Then you do a little eight mile run through Golden Gate Park to wrap it all up. And uh, yeah, sounds like a good day, uh, yeah. especially when we cross the finish line. <laughs> all in a day's work, right? Sure. <laughs> well, Kevin, you are the um, co a business coach for Keppel Coaching. And so you work with a number of different uh, business owners, entrepreneurs, leaders, and um, one of the things that you do really well is that you help your clients align with their natural genius. Can you explain what a natural genius is, how, how you find that, how you help your clients align with that? Um, can you just expand on that topic for us? Yeah, absolutely. That's a really great question. You know, I think genius is so misunderstood that you know, people think that there's these rare blessed folks out there that have genius. And I don't, think that's the case. I think everyone has genius. And really, if you look at it, you know, from the foundation, genius has so much less to do with genetics than it does with actual habits. And so really, it's about getting into the habit of expressing and evolving your genius. And, you know, obviously, I need to understand what that is and what it isn't before I'm going to be able to express it. But really, what we do is help people understand on a deep fundamental level, like, Hey, here's the natural patterns and the way that you see the world. Here's what the natural energy for you is going to be the most powerful. And here's what it looks like when you express this in a positive, powerful way. And here's what it looks like when you do it. in you know, kind of that, you know, narcissistic ego driven way that's based in fear. 
And, you know, that's a really heavy word, narcissistic ego. It, it doesn't mean you're malicious when you're coming from that place. It means you're a human being living on planet Earth because there's so many things designed to, you know, tell us to go get what we're not or to be this and to be that and to make it about ourselves. And yeah, it's very important that we understand who we are and where we're coming from, but we need to do that in an effort to understand how we can use these special gifts and talents and abilities that we have, how we can use these in a continually better way to serve other people. And before we started the podcast, you had such a great uh, quote or thought that you shared Tori. you said, you know, I really, the goal is to grow as much as I can so I can give at higher levels. And that's the whole point in, you know, finding your genius because, you know, when you find your, your genius, your unique version of genius, like it feels really, really good to use that and to expand that. And when you do, you're going to create the most explosive results and you're going to have a lot of fun doing it. And you're going to serve a tremendous amount of people. And so really we do that by, you know, understanding what you're not is an important part of that, but also aligning you with the natural gifts and attributes that you have and what that looks like when you're using all of those together and uh you know focused and concerted effort yeah and so how do you how do you find these strengths and these weaknesses when you're you're starting with a client um how does that relationship start how do you help them to find what their strengths and their weaknesses are sure well one of the tools we use is gallup's clifton strengths assessment uh formerly known as strengths finders but uh, same exact assessment, they just changed the name because they had a really good brand and they wanted to make sure that people would have a hard time finding them in the future, I guess. Um, that's <laughs> a little joke, but uh, same product, uh, really, really powerful tool that just identifies your natural talents. And so we, we usually start with that, but we go a lot deeper than that because we really want to understand, you know, I think it's crucial that, you know, you understand what you need to stop doing because perfection is attained, not when there's no more that we can add, but no more that we can take away. And so in addition to finding the natural you know, gifts that you have or talents and how we can develop those into strengths, because talent's not rare. You know, the Gallup assessment identifies 34 talents. Every single one of the thousands of reports I've seen always has the same 34 talents, just a different order. What's right. rare is people who've developed this talent into a massive strength or superpower, if you will. And so really understanding what it looks like when you're on point with your superpowers and what it looks like when you're totally sabotaging all your efforts. Yeah. And then, you know, how does that line up with your unique vision of what you want to create? And how does that line up with, you know, the way that you want to serve other people with that vision? Yeah. You know, uh, before we jumped on the call, Kevin and I were talking about this and I had uh, mentioned, he asked if I had ever done this Clifton strengths or strengths assessment. And I had, I actually, I think it was maybe about six months ago that I did the assessment. And um, so he's like, what are your strengths? Tell me your, you know, top five, your top 10. And so, you know, when I went through this uh, assessment, basically what it is, is just a series of questions that you answer. And then the system, based on the way that you answer the questions, generates your right strengths and weaknesses and, and where your genius is. And so when I first got my results, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, that is so me. And then Kevin went through and he was kind of like touching on all my, you know, um, my top five and, and just hearing him say everything again was just like, oh my gosh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> do you, do you ever have people who, um, who get their assessment and then don't feel like they align with what, what the results are, or is everyone pretty much on point? You know, pretty, maybe one out of 10 people that I've seen get their results and they'll have a couple of questions about, you know, I don't think this one or this one's accurate, but once they really understand 
what it means usually they're like oh yeah yeah, yeah. actually that's exactly me it is pretty much always the answer they're i think the only time it. <laughs> it, it's just either that or just not understanding it completely and once you, you know people always admit to it once you help them see the really great parts about it like hey here's what it looks like when you're totally owning it like oh yeah yeah wait a second that is me like i mean because you know we we all understand our own genius right and when it's fully expressed i suppose but once the only time i saw somebody who was truly adamant that these weren't right was actually, you know, gosh, seven or eight years ago when I was in Gallup certification, one of the other coaches that was getting certified, she's like, this is not me for the first three days of our time together. And then by the last day, she's like, I love my strengths. These are exactly me. And so <laughs> it just took her a little while longer to get there, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty accurate. I mean, I read, uh, on Gallup's website on, you know, it's an internet stat. So, you know, it has to be true because you can't put fictional information on the internet. Of course not. That. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think Fake 89, news. <laughs> yeah. What is that? No, it said, uh, I think like 85 to 89% accuracy hmm. was what they claimed with this assessment. And you know, that's pretty good because it's, it's not a granular picture of like your entire character. It just identifies your natural sources of, greatness if you will and yeah. you know it's pretty accurate in my experience and do you ever find that maybe different points in people's life that the results are different like as stages change and and people grow and d do those results kind of you know adjust based on life lessons and stuff yeah that that's probably one of the two or three most asked questions i get if i teach a workshop or somebody new to this and it's like, does this change? And, you know, the answer is yes and no. And it generally doesn't change once we're adults. It may change if you took it during college or prior to college or prior to really joining the workforce. If you didn't go to college, you know, before you really started adulting, whatever that looks like in your life, before you had that fundamental shift, like, oh, this is what it feels like to pay bills and wash clothes or, you know, whatever <laughs> it looked like for you. And the, the other time that it's going to change. If you have some sort of like major life event happen to you that dr dramatically changes like your worldview, like, or your perspective, just the way you see life in general, that'll change it. And the examples, you know, there, when you have really tragic things happen in your life, like maybe you were to lose a child or to really have a traumatic battle with a, uh, an illness like cancer or something like that. And, you know, just totally overcame it and near death. And, or maybe if you lost a limb and, or something like that, like those are the kind of the three things that I've seen actually change people's wow. reports dramatically. Other than that, like the strengths may shuffle in order just a little bit, but really it's, it's painting the same picture and saying the same thing. Yeah. Well, so, um, you talk about the genius that these business leaders have, right. And you do this through the, the Clifton strengths and, uh, strengths assessment, but let's talk about um, how that works in a dynamic of a company as a leader. How do these uh, strengths uh, of a team or the people that work with this leader? How does that how does that mesh together? How do you how do you evolve a team to be working on that same genius together? Yeah, that's a really great question, and. You know, I think another part uh, before we go into the kind of the culture of the team building or the relationship enhancement, if you will, it's like, I think one of the really powerful ways that I've seen this tool help people understand and evolve, you know, their genius and what their unique version of amazing looks like is to really get around other people and understand what 
their version of genius looks like. And, you know, that's why I, like I do a couple of different mastermind groups and, you know, bring different types of leaders together. And when people are understanding their own strengths, it really illuminates a lot of, you know, kind of the ideas behind the tool and just the ideas behind their own motivations. And it's really powerful. I mean, I'm sure, you know, like one of the best ways that, you know, you're going to grow is to get around other people that aren't competitors, but are charging towards common goals. Right. And yeah. you know, start leveraging the synergy of the group. And you know that also works well in kind of, uh, you know, that company culture environment. Um, you know, one of the clients that I have, they have about 250 employees and started with the CEO and really helping him understand, you know, his strengths, his number one strengths competition. And I was like, yeah, I didn't even need to see your report to know that. Like this, he loves to win. And it was really coming out sideways because he was in the basement with that competition and just making it about him winning as opposed to us winning. Mm. And just that simple shift in perspective for him was eye-opening. And I've been working with that company for about three years now. And you know, I talk to people all the time that I haven't met yet in the company, or maybe I'll, they'll have a coaching call with one of my coaches or me. And like, I don't know what you did with him, but thank you. Like, it's so much different now. Yeah. And, and it wasn't really anything that we did. It was just like, Hey, you know, like, what do you want? He's like, well, I want to, you know, have this culture that's engaged and connected and okay. What's stopping that? He's like, I think it's me. I'm like, cool. Well, save me for <laughs> having to he, say it. And, yeah. <laughs> at least he identified that himself. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It's so beautiful because it builds so much connection between people when they can really see each other on a deep fundamental level like this. Mm -hmm. And so if I have, you know, your strengths, which I do Tori, cause you gave them to me a minute ago, you know, when I'm communicating with you, I'm going to communicate in a different way than I would with somebody else that has a different set of strengths. I'm going to use different words. And, you know, like with you, I'm always going to use the word learn, you know, because you love to learn like what, you know, what do we need to learn about this to get better? Yeah. And it's not manipulation at all. It's just filtering and filtering the words you say back to me through your strengths, mm -hmm. because I have different strengths and I'm going to see things differently. But if I had your strengths, um, it's very easy for me to drop myself into your perspective before we connect or before I try to communicate with you, even if it's just email. And, you know, like I see that you have focus number five strength, right? Very powerful strength. And if you you know, come across as like, you're ignoring me. I know that's not probably not the case. It's just that you're like hyper-focused on whatever it is you're focused on. And that's not <laughs> personal to me. Well, we'll tell my family that's a strength. <laughs> <laughs> I always have my kids trying to get my attention and I'm like, what, huh, huh? And they're like, all right, did you hear me? <laughs> That's pretty funny because, you know, like that, that sounds very familiar to my house. You know, my wife's the same way. She's like hyper-focused on whatever she's focused on, but it can almost come across as a aloofness and it's not, it's because like, I'm so intensely focused on whatever it is mm -hmm. I'm focused on, which is, you know, pretty powerful in its own right. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> At least we have a, we have an understanding for, for what's happening in that, in that moment. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so let's talk about connecting people to their vision as leaders. So they've identified their strengths, they're working with their team to align and, and they have this vision as a leader. How do they portray that? How do you coach your clients to get their vision across and, you know, maybe even thinking about this, the strengths that they've kind of assessed with their team, how they match, uh, each of individuals, uh, strengths and genius to get their vision across as a leader. Can you talk about that? Sure. You know, the strengths are really cool because the strengths are your natural sources of energy. And so, so many people are, 
they think they're confused about what they want, or maybe they actually are. And they're like, I don't know what I want. I'm like, okay, awesome. Well, why don't we start with that? You know, like that's the two most important questions you can ever answer. What do you want and why? You know, like if I'm going to the gym, what do I want? Well, you know, I want to work out. Why? Because I want to be healthy. I want to feel good. I want my clothes to fit you know, or whatever, whatever the reasons are. And that's really powerful. But when it comes to professional questions like that, people get a little bit uh, hesitant because they think they got to pick like the biggest, you know, purpose in the world. And well, I got to pick the best purpose ever because this is like my purpose. And like, okay, cool. Like who told you you only need one purpose for one? Like, oh my gosh, like that was like the biggest aha. And it seems so like simple now that I look back, but you know, I don't know. Galileo said it. He's like all truths are easy to understand once they are discovered. It's like, yeah, of course the world is round. Duh. Right. Like most (laughs) of the people know that now. And uh, (laughs) you know, so we start really simple. Like what do you want? And you know, the way that we get to that is okay. We have an inner purpose. that's all the same. And we already talked about it to grow as much as we can. Right. So we can give it all away. That's all of our shared inner purpose. We have lots of different outer purposes, though. Like you have the outer purpose of being a great mom, uh, you know, a great wife, a great business owner, and all these other different outer purposes. And so how does the inner purpose of being the best me I can be, if you will, tie into these outer purposes? Well, that's really simple. Okay. Like the more I grow, as we said, the more I get to give. And so I'm going to grow the most if I'm using my natural skills and abilities you know, to grow and to grow intentionally towards what I do want. And so like, what are you passionate about creating in your life right now? What are you passionate about creating in your business right now? That's really important, but passion's fairly selfish at the end of the day, because it's about me and passion can run out because, you know, people will give up on themselves a lot quicker than they'll give up on the group. And if I know other people are watching, right. Or whatever. And so that's, that's the why, you know, like that's your purpose. Okay. How does this passion, this thing you're passionate about creating in the, in the world, in your life, how does that serve others? You know, how can you mix generosity into that passion? Because that's your why. And, you know, that's great. I know what I want. I know why I want it. And where people get stuck is they try to add in a third question. They're like, well, how, how am I going to do this? How? how? Like, well, if you knew how you would have already done it. Right. Right. And, you know, there's a the great book, uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Victor Frankl, where he has this quote and he said, you know, when your why is big enough, the how will emerge. And he was speaking from, you know, experience of six years in a concentration camp in Auschwitz, and he made it through by having a why. And he talked about people literally going and lay down and dying against the wall. He's like, you could see it on their face. Mm. They weren't connected to anything bigger than themselves. They were just there. And like, I totally get it. Hardest conditions maybe that ever existed on the planet. I don't know. But, you know, when your why is big enough, the how will emerge. And I think that's so crucial. So what do you want? Why do you want it? You know, if you just answer those two questions every day in a humble, generous way, like really cool things are going to happen for you. Yeah. One of the things I've uh, kind of learned recently, too, is is having so, you know, the podcast is creative visionary. So I myself identify as a visionary. And so having this vision for my business, myself and how I'm serving my clients. So one of the things that I've learned is as a team culture, right? Trying to get my team involved in this vision. So not just pushing my vision onto them, but having them be a part of it and contribute to the vision and how that will strengthen not only the business, but each individual and us as a whole to help our clients. So that's been something that I've really been learning and trying to implement and, you know, have that vision be collaborative in a, in a sense. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, that's like the uh, greatest uh, trick in the world, right? To get other people <laughs> excited about what you're excited about. And trick's not the right word. But I, you know, there's like the, the influence equation that so many leaders get backwards. And I did too. And I was a you know, young, fresh-faced leader. I had no idea how to lead people. My example wasn't very good. He screamed prevent. Prevent profanity at us and uh constantly and he was just really unhappy guy and he was really hurting and he shared that with us in really negative ways and I, it's like well, that's not how i want to lead i don't want to make people feel terrible i definitely know that much yeah. and really he was just working the influence equation backwards and he was trying to share the vision without having grown in any trust or any connection first and so that's kind of the influence equation if you will right trust connection then vision because if i trust you then, you know, I'll feel safe to be vulnerable around you. And then I'll, I'll feel connected to you and connected to your purpose and connected to what's important to you. And that's when I want to co-create your vision when I'm mm -hmm. connected to you and not trust you. And I feel safe because if I don't feel safe, like nothing creative is going to happen because yeah. I'm just trying to survive. And so it's so crucial that, you know, we allow ourselves to be vulnerable and I don't like saying showing up, crying on the floor and, you know, falling apart, but like, Hey, you know what? Like, I, I don't know. Like that's yeah. an appropriate answer sometimes as a leader. And like, it's not, you know, like it took me 30 years to learn how to say that and mean it, but you know what? Like, oh my gosh, that's so powerful. And yeah. you know, another really brilliant mind, Steve Jobs, right? What did he say? He said, we don't hire smart people so we can tell them what to do. We hire them so we can, they can tell us what to do. Yeah. And like, dude, if you gotta be the smartest guy in the room or smartest girl in the room, like that's a very dangerous because you're setting the bar very low in a lot of areas that you're not talented in. Like yeah. if I got to be the best guy in the room at XL, like, oh my gosh, we're all in trouble. <laughs> oh yeah. I always, I always, uh, kind of refer back to this where, you know, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room because then where do you go from there? Right. And, and if you surround yourself by people who are just as smart as you smarter than you and who can teach you, then you're all going to elevate and grow at the same time. So I always try to make sure I'm not the smartest person in the room. <laughs> Uh, and I think that's, you know, it, it takes a, a large degree of humility to do that. And that's why I couldn't say, I don't know until I was 30. I didn't possess humility. I always had to know I had to be right. And I really, did, I knew very little. And, you know, that's probably the most dangerous stuff right there. It's the stuff you think, you know, that just ain't so. And, you know, you just go out acting like it's a law and, you know, you, you're going to have a lot of trouble getting powerful people to follow you because they can see through that. And instead of collecting actual, you know, champions and being a leader of leaders, you're going to collect a bunch of followers. And, yeah. you know, that's just not a powerful way to move forward because everybody has a capacity to lead. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. I, you know, I come from a sports background, so I uh, played collegiate softball. And so leadership has always been kind of ingrained in athletics for me. And so that's kind of where I feel like I learned a lot of my leadership skills is being the captain of a coach and leading a team. And, you know, I always try to weave that into to my business and my personal life and how, you know, the lessons that I learned early on in my, my childhood and young adult life, um, those leadership skills and apply those to, you know, every facet of my life that I can moving forward, because it's such a, a huge uh, strength to possess and, and a powerful strength that you need to, you know, be careful of how you how you use your strength. Oh, my gosh, absolutely. And don't wait for permission to be a leader. Everybody is a leader at some point, even if, you know, it's just you, you're leading, somebody is watching you, whether it's holding the door open at a store, picking up trash when people aren't looking, 
or just being very intentional about being kind more than you're right. Like I don't ever walk away from people excited about how right they were, but I do walk away from people who are really kind. Like, man, like Tori was really kind. I really enjoyed connecting with her. Like that's the kind of relationships that I'm looking for, not for uh, somebody who wears that badge of, you know, rightness. (laughs) Definitely. So um, I don't know if we, we've kind of touched on this, but I want to talk a little bit about how you develop a powerful culture within a company and maybe just kind of a thought uh, before you answer, how does this whole new dynamic in business uh, being virtual, how does that affect the culture of companies and um, has it changed how people uh, lead? Um, well, I know it has, but what are, what's your perspective on, on that having a powerful culture and the culture being uh, in brick and mortar versus uh, online and virtual? Yeah, I think that's such an important question right now because, you know, so many people are working in an environment they've never been in before. And, you know, it, I mean, leadership gets lonely sometimes, you know, being an, an employee in a company gets lonely, you know, everybody gets lonely. And I think connection is the real crucial piece on any culture. And it goes back to that influence equation, right? We, we need to make sure that we're constantly building trust and increasing connection so that people are plugged into the vision and understand what the vision is, you know, quite often there's not a lot of clarity or transparency and people really don't understand, you know, why the, what they do matters to the whole. And I think yeah. that's crucial. And people need to understand that every single person in this room is important. And, you know, like we're a machine and, you know, every piece of this machine has a very important function. And just because somebody is maybe paid more, has more visibility, doesn't make them more important. And, you know, it's connection, it's reaching out. It's just like, Hey, you know, what's important to you is important to me. Like, what do you need help with? And like sharing real moments with people, you know, you don't have to have all the answers again. You just need to like be humble enough to look at somebody eye to eye and say, Hey, you know, how how are you doing? Like, how can I help you? And shut up and listen. And like, (laughs) actually listen though. Like, that's the thing that a lot of people miss. Like when you're just sitting there thinking about what you're going to say next, you know, like that's very, very apparent to the other person in the conversation yeah. because as soon as they stop talking or they probably don't even get to finish talking before you jump in with all the, you know, brilliance you're sharing and just running over their words. And I don't need you to agree with me. I don't even need you to give me a solution. Most of the time, I just need you to hear me. That's really right. all I want because one of the most fundamental needs we have as humans is to like be heard and to be seen and to see other people. And that's like how you, you know, keep a cohesive culture going, but you know what, like the wheels get wobbly. Like it's not a one-time event, you know, we need to (laughs) check back in and like see where people are at and see what they need. Because a lot of times people just don't ask if they they need help because they feel like they don't want to look stupid. And that was me in the past. Like I had questions and there was brilliant people I worked with. I knew who could answer it. But every time I asked them a question, they made me feel like I was six inches tall. And so I quit asking questions like, and I would just do it poorly if at all. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things, you know, because my in my business, my team is all virtual. Um, and so I make it um, a important role for us to 
every week have a face-to-face on Zoom. So I can see the team, I can connect with them, whether it's, you know, 15 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever it is, I still want to see them and have that connection virtually or as as best as we can in this uh, situation. So, you know, because body language says a lot, you can have somebody, you know, tell you something, one thing via text or via email, but for them to say it and see their body language when they say it um, tells a whole different story. So, you know, I know for as a leader myself, that having that face to face when I can, um, is important to, to my business. And I think it's important to my team to have them see me and, you know, hear me talk and all of us connect at least once, once a week visually and see each other. So. Yeah, I think that's so important because the human connection is, you know, vital to leveraging the synergy you have inside any organization. And, you know, one of my coaching clients, she's a CEO of a pretty powerful financial services company. And we had a call and she's like, I'm going to be in the car. We're going on vacation. And it's like, well, we don't have to zoom, you know, like we can just do it on the phone. She's like, no, I really, I, I need to see you because I, I watch your body language when we talk to understand like how far off base I might be. <laughs> and, you know, I, I never really thought about it that way. You know, like, of course I understand, you know, looking at each other face to face is huge and the connection is great, yeah. but you know, just being, you know, that, that space where people can feel safe and get the words out in front of them and really understand how it's, you know, landing on other people, I think Received. is pretty crucial. Yeah. How they receive your message is huge. Yeah. So, uh, tell me about, uh, you're also a podcast host, so you, uh, understand this podcast space and, you know, uh, tell us about how you got started podcasting and what it is that you, uh, enjoy the most about being on podcasts and being the host of a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I got started a couple of years ago because uh business coach, uh, I was actually in a mastermind, a uh, different mastermind than I'm in now. And the facilitator of the group was like, Hey, start a podcast. And I was like, okay, I'm thinking about it. He's like, yeah, that wasn't really a question. And so uh, I've been thinking about it anyway. So I kind of kicked it off and I'm sure you know it's kind of kind of wild. I feel like you're just in a room talking to yourself sometimes uh, when you're not doing an interview, especially. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but I actually love you know getting to do it. For one, it's you know my podcast. I can do whatever I want, right? And I get to have whoever I want on there, and you know I get to choose. And you know, like you, I'm really intentional about who comes on there. Like I really want you know it's people like you that are inspired, you know, visionary leaders that have you know, a servant heart, really want to help other people, and definitely have to have humility. Uh, it's definitely part of the price of admission because if there's no humility, there's definitely not a burning desire to grow because you've kind of already arrived in your mind. Yeah. And so I just absolutely love getting to meet really cool, dynamic people that are looking to you know help others. How many uh, episodes have you done so far? We're just shy of a hundred. So nice. That's exciting. Almost to triple digits. Yeah. We're going to have That's a big a milestone. Party. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm pumped. It's really cool. So who who have been some of your favorite interviews? I know everyone's a good a good guest, but anyone that has stood out to you that really inspired you and maybe kind of changed your perspective or you know made you think about something something differently. Yeah, I mean again, I'm so intentional about who comes on. I get to be really picky, right? And I get to like pick, you know, my friends, so to speak, which is cool. And I I really love being inspired, right? Who doesn't like feeling that way? And I just even 
recently, not limited to these two, of course, these are just off the top of my head, but I've had so many great people I've been blessed to interview. Um, but probably one of my favorites was uh, one of my clients. He's a CEO. His name's Josh. And uh, he just shared about how he built his company up to $20 million. And and he's such a humble guy. And he's, he's so powerful at the same time. It was just really fun to get to see him in a different space and to get to interview him because it kind of made him uncomfortable. He's like, I'm not a good speaker. He always says that, but he's like, he's always speaking and he's really good at it, you know? And yeah. so, um, but it was really cool to get to see just different pieces of him and uh, hear how he thinks and, you know, about himself and mm -hmm. that professional light. Because when we're working together, we talk about, you know, how he sees himself, of course, but it's more about, you know, with regards to culture and strengths and growing his business and all that, and not like, some of the things he shared on the podcast. So it was just pretty enlightening to get a completely different view of somebody that I know pretty intimately. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, recently I had, I had a, a couple of really cool guests. I had a guy named Di Emanuel who was great. And he was just like a really big guy. He's really good shape, really good looking and just like really humble and kind. And it's, you know, like, it's really cool to get to meet, you know, people that you never ever would have met before and he yeah. was just like you know a dad and a husband and this really dynamic guy and he was just all heart and it was really cool i'm like man like just somebody i could be buddies with yeah and uh just very uh humbling to see powerful people that approach the world with so much care and sensitivity and uh yeah those are just a couple of the favorites that i had recently and then i interviewed a really cool mom uh, last week who hasn't come out yet that she was, she lives in France and uh, she was talking about, you know, branding and all the good stuff that goes with that. But it was really cool to just to hear from her about how she was going to go ride her bike to the beach on mother's day, which was last weekend in Europe. And uh, just how excited she was about that. And just, you know, everybody's doing the same thing, just in different corners of the world. And I think yeah. that's always fun to get to see how the people do what they do and live the life they live. Yeah. One of the things I love so much about podcasting is being able to share other people's stories. You know, someone yeah. who doesn't know this person can kind of get perspective and insight and, you know, not only learn about them in a business sense, but personally and find motivation and, and inspiration from somebody they may not have thought of. And so I get to be the person to share that story. And so that's humbling for me and uh, exciting to to be a part of. That's a really good point. You know, like podcasting or and listening to podcasts is really powerful because you get, you know, the company of people you may never get to meet, you know, like just throwing the most popular out, right? Joe Rogan, right? Like chances are I won't ever hang out with him, but you know what? Like I get to hear how he thinks a lot and he's a lot different than I, I would have guessed. Like, you know, I knew him or from like news radio, if you even know what that is back in like the eighties or nineties, whenever that was on TV, he was like the, the witty handyman who like came in with funny things. And you know, now he's this super successful podcast host and he's just a really sensitive, powerful, humble guy. And, and it's interesting to hear him just talk to his friends and hang out. And, yeah. you know, I, uh, and I appreciate how many different perspectives he brings and quite often his perspective is different from mine, but you know, it's uh, really interesting just to hear, um, you know, that, like we're all we're all doing the same thing and it feels so personal to us but it's usually universal you know the yeah. feelings and emotions we have absolutely i completely agree <laughs> well kevin it's been wonderful talking to you thank you for sharing your genius with us and um how can my audience get in touch with you how can they how can you help them and um where would you like people to connect with you 
Sure. You can find me on, on the grams on Instagram at Kevin Keppel, or, uh, you can go to kevinkeppel.us if you want to connect and, uh, if you got any questions or anything like that, we love to make new friends. So come check us out. Say awesome. hi. It's been so nice connecting with you. And I know that we're going to continue, you know, to, to be friends and, and build this relationship together. And I just want to thank you again for being uh, a guest on the, the podcast. And I hope everyone found some gems and some inspiration in here. And if you, you know, need some help, please reach out to Kevin. Thanks, Tori. Thanks, you guys. Have a powerful day. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Visionaries podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, or share with a friend. Also, make sure to visit us online at creativevisionariespodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And stay tuned for more episodes to come. And remember, it's time to tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary.